Tuesday evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast for Tuesday, as I said, October 3rd, 2023. What's going on? I'm SC Scoops Manager Editor Zach Hadorn. That is podcast extraordinaire Tyler Sage. Tyler, what's up, man? Well, minus the uh, the Iron Man match I lost with my microphone that only you <laughs> saw, Zach. I'm doing fantastic, so I apologize for my audio. Good thing your well, it's, it's StreamYard, so free plug for them. But uh, it should be crisp and clear uh, for everyone that's not watching live. So hopefully that is the case. But yeah, so thank you for being here. It's good to be here. You and I have talked a lot of wrestling in the last 72 hours, and um, you know that's a good place to be. So yeah, it, we we have, and it is. We have, and it is. It's. Uh, 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 I feel like <laughs> used to say, "Oh man, this is just a busy." A busy week and now i look back like the last five weeks and it's like i've said that every week for the last five weeks yeah. but doesn't make it not true it doesn't make it not true so we got a lot to discuss on this show hello to everybody who is watching this live hello to everybody who is in the chat um thank you thank you thank you um we are live guys every single week nine eastern eight central right here on the SC scoops youtube channel every single week every single tuesday night talking the news of the week previewing big shows talking the big news of, of, of the wrestling world and taking your questions and everything in between. Um, subscribe to SC Scoops on YouTube. Hit the little notification button so you know uh, when we go live. If for some reason you guys are not able to watch us live, don't worry. We uh, are on all your podcast feeds. Wherever you get podcasts, the following morning on Wednesday morning, you can hear the exact same show. Um, on the go. So if you're traveling to work or at the gym or what have you, well, you can uh, bring us right along with you. Um, and of course, we're also up on YouTube after the fact as well. So lots of places where you can get the show. And we appreciate everybody uh, who, who listens, watches, downloads and contributes, which you can also do uh, throughout the show tonight. Our super chat option is open. And as usual, uh, Tyler and I will make sure to get to every single super chat comment and question on the show. We'll be here until 2 a.m. if that's if that's the name of the game. Um, it, it really helps the show, guys. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate the support and your contributions. And, uh, um, yeah, we'll make sure to answer all your questions concerning Fastlane, WWE, WrestleDream, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, whatever it is. You want to razz me about the Chicago Bears, go <laughs> right ahead. It hurts. And that's, you're, you're kicking a man while he's down, but, but I, you know. You got you got to do what you got to do, um, Tyler. See now, I, you got to take it away here because now I'm like upset about that game again. On, on, on Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it a little bit on our uh, rest media, and also uh, But it was time talking about that. Your curse. Yes. You know, Tyler, I'm going to stop you right there because you're now losing an Iron Man match to your to your AirPods as well. Oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> yes, I can't hear you very good. I could right then, uh, but there was okay. a lot of clicking. There was a lot of in and out. Okay, speak, speak now. Okay, how how is this? Is this you're good. Don't bad? move the rest of the okay. night. Just stay right yeah. like that. I will stay right here. Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> No, yeah. I do no, my Pat McAfee stand stand up podcast. Yes. So I apologize yes. for that. So do you playing the table and, and have some bad takes. So 
Oh, wow. The zingers are coming out quick here, Anna. Yeah. That's what happens when Tyler loses <laughs> Iron Man matches to technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, I'm getting razzed in the chat already. 0-4 Bears. Whatever, whatever, you guys. Um, all right. So let's. Uh, we're going to preview Fastlane tonight uh, for, for the majority of the show. Um, we've got some Fastlane questions coming in already on our Super Chat. Um, but let's let's just talk a little bit about Wrestle Dream. We'll have uh, Matthew kick us off here with a, with a Super Chat. On this day, I see clearly. Now, I wonder what you're getting at there, Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, Matthew. Edge, Adam Copeland, Tyler is in AEW now. That was the big kind of the big uh, hook, the big storyline coming out of out of Wrestle Dream. We we did talk about this on our Brass Ring Media podcast uh, and post show. Uh, more on Brass Ring Media in a little bit, folks. Uh, but now that it has had a couple of days to marinate with you, is do you is your opinion that this is a good move for AEW or you know? <laughs> has has time kind of uh, tossed some cold water on it and, you know, you're not as high on it as maybe you were in the moment as he's walking out and, and confronting. Yeah. And just for the, the narrative issues that have come up with signing ex-WWE talent and, and that whole notion, plus, you know, you're getting Adam Copeland at, I don't, I don't have in front of me, 47 is my guess, mm-hmm. 48, somewhere in that range. Right, oh, you're not getting him at 35. Um, so 49. Like, 49, okay. And when's his birthday? Ooh. His birthday is uh, August 9th, so he just turned 49. Okay, so he just, just turned 49. Okay, cool. Um, but, you know, with the exodus of CM Punk that we all know about, I do think it's itching a little bit more more towards neutral and depending on how he's booked and he can be kind of that showcase player you know the legend that CM Punk was filling you know maybe a uh, 80% of what that was but you know without the drama I think that's a 110% version of CM Punk honestly mm-hmm. to to not have a whole bunch of drama and you can have big time matches with the babyface legend um you know if I'm Tony Khan and Edge is, and Adam Copeland it's healthy you know I think we get a three week buffer on that um, rated R superstar Adam Copeland is healthy. Um, just you know, you want to make sure he gets all your up and coming young talent, your Ricky Starks, your MJF, your Swerve Strickland's, your Orange Cassidy's, your Darby Allen's, maybe you know, face face issues aside, I think you want him to work with all the juicy new combinations he can within the company, get through this Christian thing, have him move on and have him be a featured you know, top four guy for the next year at least, and then it's worth it. But we'll see where it is, and I know he's going to talk and wrestle tomorrow yep. on Dynamite. So that's a good start to see him right after he premieres. You know, that's not always a guarantee in AEW. So um, as long as he's a featured player and feels like a top four to six guy in the company for at least the next 12 to 14 months, I think it's a win. But it's not going to, you know, make AEW um, – a $10 billion company either. So, you know, no one's saying that, but there's always the, the nuance is somewhere in the middle. So I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm right there with you. Like I, I wish, you know, I could be more combative, you know, as far as that opinion goes, just 
for the fun of the, for the fun of the show, I suppose. But but I'm not like I I think it's still a solid signing for them. I mean, they've got a whole. I mean, you know, forget that. Just less than four months ago, they you know launched a whole new pro television property that they have to fill, and they lost in 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 two months' time, less than that, they lost you know the anchor of that show. A lot of the reason why that show existed to begin with just is gone out the door. And so, you know, I think you need, you need top talent. Edge is not going to be the edge of, you know, 12 years ago. Of course, he's not even going to be the edge of probably three years ago, but I think you can, he, there's enough fresh matchups for him to have in AEW that makes this worth it. Plus by all accounts and indications, Adam Copeland is, you know, a stand-up guy. He's not a, a locker room problem. He's a, you know, he's a team player. You heard it in from WWE, you know, or you even hear it from him, the way he talks, like even about times where he's been frustrated in WWE, you know, his, uh, his action on that is not, okay, let's blow this whole place up. It's all right, you know, you know, move on to get on. And I think that's important. He's also a creative guy, you know? And so I think, um, that will obviously hopefully help the product. Um, for me, the key is how fast you can get into like the big, the big matches. Like, I, I don't think you want to, you know, have a slow, I wouldn't slow play any of this stuff with edge. You know, I would get in here right now. You're going to do this thing with Christian, whatever, you know, whatever that is. If it, if it, if it culminates in a six man tag, great. If it culminates in a one-on-one -on -one match between the two, great. But regardless of what that is, you get in, you do that. But then I think then you, you have to pivot then to, you know, to Kenny Omega, to Ricky Starks, to um, Adam Page, MJF, like, you know, to me, get to those, get those, get those matches done. Like there's, there's no telling what can happen with Edge's health. So do it, do that business, like get the most you can out of, out of him right away. Um, I hope that's the road they go down because look, I know they're going to have 12 pay-per-views a year in all likelihood next year. And that's, that's a lot of top matches that you need, but man, I just, you know, he's almost 50. You know, the wheels can fall off at any at any minute. And so, you know, get be a promoter, <laughs> even if you have to be a little bit carny, get out there, promote him as the tip tippy top star that you want him to be and then get him in matches that can feature him that way. I, I think that's I need to see that out of him. I, I don't want to see, you know, CM Punk went on a went on a uh, a run of having matches with like, you know, singles match with Dex Harwood fine cool good match but not you know a kenny omega match like you know it just it and there's so many like talents on the list that he didn't work with because because of the slow burn and other things you know it's not exclusively that i would jump in with two feet on this thing right right out of the gate and if they do that hey you know maybe you can get something out of them and have some really good matches yeah i mean he's wrestling luchasaurus tomorrow so that's a a, a, a mid-level thing to get to the story with Christian, right. right? Right. But you know, it's not Lee Moriarty. No offense to Lee Moriarty, I'm a big fan of his, but you know, it's not teaming up with uh, Matt Seidel. I think CM Punk did at some point. Right. Took exactly. On, like, you know. Yes. <laughs> so we're not in that zone, just good. And you don't want him to be like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. You know, Edge seems 
serious. He seemed very much the same character he was taking on Sheamus three weeks ago on SmackDown, yeah. but yep. um, which is fine if you transition and, and tell a story there. But yeah, I think you're 100% right. Him in a who's got the edge match on every pay-per-view or most of the pay-per-views slash big shows um, is important because that's never been filled from Cody either, right? That was always a staple of early AEW is yep. the tag championship match, the world title match, the Cody match, um, the Kenny match, right? Um, so not that you want to do that forever as a company, but having that sort of, hey, who's the heel going against edge and, um, you know, what, what's the story there is an important thing and easy story to tell, right? I mean, yep. you do very classic pro wrestling stuff. So, um, you know, it seems pretty much paint by numbers, and that's going to work with Edge um, as we go here. And I'm going to, yeah, again, give myself three weeks before I stop saying that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so you, I thought I knew him, right? Whoa, yeah, that's look the at new that. line. That's the new line. That's the new line. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I think overall it's going to be pretty exciting. So we'll see how it goes. You know, just like everything in AW, I'll wait to see kind of some initial feedback before I critique it heavily. But uh, all, all the, you know, it, it's open before them right now to, to make this some pretty good run here for Edge. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for uh, the contribution to the show. Thanks for your support and for for, for watching us and uh, for contributing. We definitely appreciate it. And it's going to be fun to watch. Starts tomorrow night. Um, the Is there anything else that you want to see AW follow up on coming out of the, the pay-per-view? Like... WrestleMania was a pretty solid pay per view, pretty good card, pretty like good matches. No surprise there as far as the match quality of the show goes. But you know, outside of the Edge stuff, is there anything where you're like, oh man, you know, they need to give this some heat, give it some juice, give it some, give it some momentum coming out, and make sure it gets prominent placing on on Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, two things come to mind. It's you know the best match on the card. I think you and I agreed it was at least tied for your first match. You're tied for your best match. I want to see Swerve and Hangman Page do something, ideally tomorrow, you know, together tomorrow. Um, so we continue that story and have Page kind of get that heat back and um, to, to continue that as hopefully a, a three part series that culminates at full gear is how I would book it. So I get some time because they had a great match. I hope it's not like, oh, yeah, well, you know, everyone gets the week off after they do a big pay per view match, which is, you know, very dumb, very. WCW in the nineties to do that where you don't have anybody on the following show. So I hope that is the case. And then also like, I'd need some clarification on who beat up Jay white, what's going on with the mass MJF figures. And ideally within, you know, a few weeks here, I need MJF to have a big time world title match because it has been two pay-per-views since he's had one and that's unacceptable. So I hope that is really ratcheted up here starting tomorrow, tomorrow. I mean, those are like the seeing edge, see what's going on with MJF and the, you know, the kingdom and um, Swerve and, and Hangman. It's like a continuation from that show. Obviously, you can have start other stuff. But, yeah, I really want those three stories to have meaning tomorrow after the show, after the pay-per-view that we saw. Yeah, I'm, I I really want there to be, I mean, yes, yes to Swerve and, and Page, no question feed that thing that thing was good one of the better parts of the show going in one of the better parts of the pay-per-view coming out give that thing the juice but man you hit the nail on the head they have they have to put some kind of you know like narrative effort into 
this whole MJF mask, J J J White thing. I mean, I, it's it, it was too big of an angle to just just have MJF come out on the pay per view and go, ah, oh, hey, who's impersonating me? That's I I'm really pissed off about that. And then like have that be it. Like I you know if it's gonna mm-hmm. end up being Adam Cole, okay, but you can't wait you know five months to to, to pay that off. Like or it'd be very difficult to do so. So I, yeah, they have to put some thought behind how they, how they continue that and they have to address it. The worst thing would be to, to not, to not bring it up and to not, you know, and, 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 you know, we've seen that before, you know, and so it just was too big of an angle with two guys that are too important to the, to the, to the show to, to treat it as like, Oh, this is something the best friends did on rampage. We don't really need to show it, you know, again. Like, I don't think that's good either, but yeah. you can get away with it when it's best friends level talent, not the biggest star in, in, in your whole company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I think tomorrow is an opportunity to pivot and make it a story that you can, I don't know, be proud of. Seems like kind of home, like cheerleadery for AW. But like, you know, I think a lot, even like Shinsuke and Seth, which we'll talk about here shortly, like that has over delivered for what is like a pretty lame story. Um, yeah. you know, I don't know if I would have continued it, but, um, to, to another pay-per-view, but like that at least is like, feels like a secondary world title feud that's going on here. It's more, it's more of a story than I'm getting from the MJF world title situation at the moment, which is a problem. I think about like that time, like when, when MJF was a heel with the belt, with the, you know, the, the months where he's feuding with, you know, with MJF or when he's feuding with Brian Danielson, for example, and, you know, when, man, when he walked out with that title, like you, you knew that like, oh, damn, this guy's, this guy's the world champion. Yep. And he's a jerk and I don't like him, but man, he's got a presence and he's, and all that. I think, you know, it's hard to transition a character like that into, into a baby face. Um, but so far I don't give that turn a very high, a very high grade. And it's not even just because of the silliness. Like the silliness doesn't help. The kangaroo kick doesn't help. The jokey little catching, you know, Paul White, Captain Insano, Captain Insano, is that what his name is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. in the yeah, in the lake with the fishing pole doesn't help. But I I could like criticize that, but dismiss it if he still had that like tangible like presence that you could feel as a top, as like top guy. And he, and he gets strong reactions and, and clearly he's one of the most over guys in the company, but there's, there's something missing around the tone of his title reign that they lost when they went from heel MJF to, you know, through this Adam Cole thing and to, to right now. And, you know, I, I think MJF is good enough where he can get that back quickly, but I think he has to mm-hmm. want to recognize that, Hey, it's not the same as it was. It's not the same as it was before. Like you, you cooled off a little bit. Um, can like number one, do you agree with that assessment? And two, like, is it salvageable? Like, is it salvageable? And you can get him to like uh, as hot as he was, you know, five months ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the turn not being ideal for sure. I mean, him as a heel, I think he would even want to still be a heel at the moment, right? It just works so well with him and Cole. And maybe Cole convinced him on 
you know, rekindling the kingdom, kind of doing that, you know, what he did next, what he knows best sort of thing. And he thought it would work in the end and he was getting a good reaction anyway. Like he could have turned babyface what the second he was world champion, right? Yeah, because he came out to cheers like the second he had become world champion. And that's post, you know, the weirdness with not Moxley being weird, but his weird run after Punk, had, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? Of like some stability at the top, and you know, you're going to get that. So I think he thought, you know, it's ready to go there. But yeah, I mean, it feels like a guy working through it who's only worked as a you know, as a heel, really his entire career, at least, you know, even, you know, go back to MLW when he's working there before AEW. And, you know, he worked that babyface role with Ken, with uh, Cody, but you knew he was going to turn on Cody. And that was the story the whole time. And, and there was shades of that. So he seems to be a guy who really knows how to be a heel. He's doing a lot of the same heel things, but getting cheered at the same time. So it feels like someone on the fly redoing their entire character while being at the peak of their power and in, in the top of a company, which is not usually the best case for what you want to do if you write it down on paper, right? So I think we're just in that zone. But what do you, you think? Know, what, what do you happens. think he needs to like? Because I think it's bringing up the Cody babyface MJF is spot on because mm-hmm. this character feels a lot like that. Except then mm-hmm. you knew that he was kind of that snake in the grass, but here it's very similar in terms of like his tone uh, about everything. And I, that's the word I keep coming back to. Like, it's just the tone of it is just a little too inauthentic and I don't fully buy it. And I think he's very similar spot right now to where he was with that Cody thing. And that's, that's not a good thing because he was a heel waiting in the wings, but here it's like, no, 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 you know, you he's trying to use that that personality to get over his baby face, and it's, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't think it can work. Like the, it's really hard. I, I think I'll go back to Randy Orton. Like it's really hard for Randy Orton to be a baby face because he has just he just when when you when he has to take the personality traits that, and you never want to change your character completely right? Like you're still you, you just need like a little bit of a different spin. But when Orton spins his personality to babyface, he loses a lot of the, the it factor, the confidence, the presence, like, and he could, he could still do all the same things and say the right things and feud with the right people. But there's just like something that he loses with that, with that, when he turns that way. And you know, I think you're seeing a lot of the same type of thing with MJF. I I wish he would just kind of like he really to me he turned like all right, I'm learning how to have friends and I'm learning how to do this. I'm learning how to do that. And it's like that's great, but that's not really what people fell in love with about MJF. Like they like the badass shit talker that you know is going to you know beat up everybody and and win titles. And like I think like almost the same MJF just positioned slightly differently with different opponents could have worked just fine. And instead I think they changed, he's changed too much about the, his character and personality where, you know, you, you lose some of the essence of him. So I'm ranting and raving. You go ahead. What, what does he need to no, do? You're good. To yeah. Back? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's what you just said. They're tweaking the character that works so well. And that's like, you know, we think of peak heel MJF, right? It's him and CM Punk going back and forth. 
Tim and Danielson going back and forth, right? And what did the MJF character do that people like so much with him as a heel? He just spoke the truth about his opponent, right? And, and you know, twisted it as a heel would to explain why that person is the, you know, not the true hero that the, the audience thinks they are, or, you know, even to themselves, like you're convincing yourself you're this and you're not kind of more of the CM Punk angle there. And you can easily do that as a babyface if, you know, Cole turns on him. He's like, hey, I trusted you. These people are my friend now. And I'm going to tear you down because you had to do all this to get through me. You you did, you did played me. Whatever, right? You can do the same sort of things and just, like, lay out the truth of what all these heels that he's going to go up against and why. You know, we saw a little bit with Jay White and him. And that was, like, a starter course. Yeah, and that, like, that was really cool. Yeah. Like, I really liked yeah. that. So it's that sort of thing of, like, just him focusing on somebody. And he just pivots from the different angle of, like, why you're a heel because you're less than, and I've been there. You had to do everything. Like you're not even as good as a heel as I was and all that sort of stuff. Right. He just needs to point out facts that all of us know and deliver it in his way that he does it, poke fun at them, etc. He's got his own lane as a baby face, but it's setting him up against heels that have defined characters. Right. We haven't gotten that since he's turned. He's just been hanging out with Cole and you don't know what's going on there. Like his friend Cole needs to turn on him via the biggest POS in the world. And then those two need to get go after it on the mic and then in the ring again. And he needs to overcome that. And then that can work and, and heat up this this run as a babyface and kind of officially start it. Because now we're like, if you're looking at the long, long scheme of the MJF character, let's say from when he returned after the weird thing at Double or Nothing 2022 to whatever, Double or Nothing 2024, that two-year arc of that character, like this is a weird transitional period from heel to babyface in the long scale. And if we look at it that way, I think there's a potential for him to have that run as a baby face before he gives up the title. So we'll see. But it seems like a guy, again, working through how to be a, a baby face in his own way. And I think, you know, I have faith in MJF. He'll figure it out. I do, too. I do, too. And, um, yeah, the booking's got to help him out, you know. I mean, it's – yeah, man, when you take that wide lens look, I mean, he's had a lot more of a – yeah, I mean – middle of the road, not sure how to feel about certain things run, then just line up a bunch of heels and let MJF knock him down and draw some money mm-hmm. and make him a bigger star. Like, I think that can still come. Um, but, but part of like, and so we haven't really addressed the silliness. Let's get to um, Sean here and we are going to preview uh fast lane folks. So, um, uh, so stick with us. We definitely will do that, but you know, there's, and AEW had a had a big weekend too, so we want to make sure to get to that. Um, Sean says here, uh, and Sean, thank you for the contribution. Always a blast to have you, and uh, appreciate you being here. The crowds are hot in AEW, but it's only three to five thousand people most weeks. I think they've turned off a lot of fans with either no story or a goofy story. I mean, I look, I agree. You know, there's not. I don't think that's the only reason, either though. Sean, like, I agree. Like the proof's in the numbers always, you know, if this thing they're doing this and they were selling out buildings everywhere they go and collision was sold out and they were, you know, doing good business and 200,000 pay-per-view buys to see MJF and Adam Cole defend the titles against the righteous. Like, all right, so be it. You know, we'd be sitting here and, you know, I'd be having the similar concerns, but the proof is in the business. It is in in the money, and it's just not it's just not there right now. So I think it, a lot of it has to do with that. Um, I also think though that it's just it's a it's a product that's spread way 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 too thin. 
I mean, it's just way too thin and there's not enough interest for it to be spread as thin as it is. I always bring up the example about WWE. They've been around for over 40 years and they have the same amount, almost the same amount of hours in a week to program that AW has. Like, and yes, obviously you're not, you can't compare like 1970s, 80s, even early 90s wrestling to now in terms of like what television meant and all that. I, I get that. But my point is though, they AW moved fast to get to where to get to where they are from a content perspective. And I think, you know, they, they just didn't have any uh, metrics or numbers outside of we want a billion dollars in television rights to drive that that decision. And and three to five thousand people, you know, that's the that is the price you pay. That's the gamble that Tony Khan made. Um when he added that 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 uh, that second that third show in, in collision, so so yes, Sean, I agree, but I, I think the uh, the amount of weekly content also plays a lot into the uh, the ticket sale situation. Yeah, so many factors, right? I mean, there's there's really no positive factor in 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 like the last year and a half of business decisions by AEW to like facilitate a lot of you know butts and seats, if you will, right? The ROH Acquisition was a muddled mess. The first Forbidden Door kind of derailed, um, you know, uh, the company creatively for for six weeks in the middle of a time. You know, all the stuff with Punk and the Bucks and all that sort of stuff too. And uh, yeah, like also the roster. Like I know the roster is big, but like it seemed like the initial plan was for Collision was Punk's going to come back. He'll be the anchor, and then we'll use all these other people that I haven't used on TV. That I have that have issues with me, and that'll be a great show. Like everyone's gonna, like, what? That's like such a poor idea to be like, okay, well, Miro will Andrade will Thunder Rosa, all the stuff. Like people that have issues with other people, and that, we'll just do a whole show. We have a whole secondary roster that I just don't use because they're a headache. And uh, but yeah, I mean that's just like a myriad of reasons that you can continue on and on. And yeah, you know, yep. Sean has another super chat if you want to pop it up here because I think yeah, let's pop it up here too, on yeah. as well about the titles not being important. I mean, like. You and I, we're on here every week. Uh, excuse, we have our own Patreon, talking wrestling. I think we're pretty much like we're pretty locked in on wrestling, right? And if you like gave me a high school geography format, right, where you get like the continent of Europe, and you have to fill in like one is Luxembourg, right? You have to write it all down like what the nations, what the countries are like. If you did that with me with the AEW and ROH titles, like I would definitely not get 100 percent right at this moment. And that is a huge problem. And, you know, that's just one of the many issues that I laid out there. So, yeah, lots of issues. I didn't even think about the Ring of Honor part and the New Japan part. I mean, that's spreading yourself even thinner. Because, I mean, just think about it. Like, look, like, I mean, a lot of folks, myself included, like, you know, I, you can't, or some people can watch wrestling every night for sure, you know, and, and, and that's great. You do what you like mm. to do and, and what you have time for, and, and you make your, you make your choices, but you know, do you, if you want to be a completist, you're watching Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. some kind of wrestling. If And that's just AW impact and, uh, and WWE. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. I mean, that is just a lot. Like somewhere, something is going to fall off. And I think 
you know, WWE has, has its, has its talons in all of its fans, you know, at this point, like people conditioned to watch raw on Monday nights for 30 years, you know? And so I think like, it's easy to say, well, I can see some, my favorite AEW guys on, on, on Wednesday. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to watch collision. Like, you know, it's fine or vice versa or like, oh man, yeah. I'd like to watch Saturday, but I'll just catch my favorite, you know, AW star on an indie or something like that and watch it on fun. Like, there's just a lot of ways to see these guys. And so it's not, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to, Tony Khan would be sitting here right now going, I know, I know, I know, but, 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 but we need a billion dollars in television rights. And so if, if they get that, it, I've always said, if they get that deal, I think all this in the end is worth it because it's such a big check, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like you, you just can't turn down that kind of money. I mean, it's a business and that's what you do. And, and I think that that it waters down the product for sure. But I mean, it has to be that for it to be for it to be worth it. And um, mm-hmm. I think we'll find out soon whether or not it yeah. is. Um Let's jump to uh, to Matt here, who's who's joined the show. Miss you guys when you move from the tours to SE Scoops. Any reason or just time? Grateful for the content, fellas. Yeah, Matt, um, thank you for being here. Thanks for finding us. We certainly uh, appreciate you coming here. We are here every Tuesday night uh, on the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. We also have – we also started up our own little shop, Brass Ring Media. Everybody can check that out right now. Um, you can check it out on uh, – subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got a Substack page. Also – if you want a hub for all that, uh, patreon.com backslash brass ring media. Um, we have all sorts of exclusive content uh, going up on a daily and weekly basis. We've got a discord that is just on fire with, uh, with all the members kind of talking back and forth about wrestling, about big brother, about the NFL and, and everything in between. So Matt, hopefully uh, you find us there, but appreciate you finding us here, man. It's as SC scoops is a wonderful, um, a really cool platform with some great, uh, some great contributors and some great writers um, at scscoops.com. So um, I think you'll uh, you'll find yourself very engaged with all of the with all the content that that goes on there. I'm going to shoot back to Matt for another one here, and thank you, Matt. We are very much appreciative of you. The super chats are open, guys. Um, if you uh, are so inclined, we will get to every single super chat tonight, uh, whether it's a question, a comment, concern. We'll get to it. Um, Matt says, hey, I don't love MJF. He just doesn't feel main event to me. MJF versus Punk felt big, but he hasn't since then. Jay White feels main events. Maybe that will elevate MJF. But legit, I'm over the world title scene mid. Dang, <laughs> using, uh, using MJF's uh, own lingo against him, Matt. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not I, – I would say, Matt, that I understand where you're coming from on that for sure. I'm not ready to like be that cold on it though. I, I still think that he's for better. I mean, regardless of how you feel about him, I think he's still by far the biggest star that AEW has and the star with the biggest upside too. So it's not about like, in my opinion, it's not like, okay, they've got this guy cast in the wrong spot. It's just a little tweak here, a little tweak there, I think can make his presence more impactful. But I, I think he's still the guy that needs to have that belt right now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Matt subscribed as well. So thank you, Matt. Um, I saw that later in the chat. So I think that's not a super chat, but I want to call him out. So thank you for that. But uh, um, yeah, I agree. And, 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 you know, I think definitely if you look at, you know, AMJF's music hitting, 
him coming out and talking, that's probably at 80% of what it used to be, right? It used to be like must-see TV, uh, probably the most must-see thing in wrestling besides Roman Reigns doing something Bloodline-related, right? It yeah. was probably Bloodline and then MJF coming out and talking, right? And now it doesn't feel like that. Like, honestly, I more want to see, as a fan, maybe not as an analyst and, and thinking like the health of the company and the business, et cetera, but as a someone, as a viewer, I want to see like Christian come out and just do his shtick right now. Because he's like, you know, but I'm really enjoying it. We have got clicky, uh, Tyler. You sound like the predator right now, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, how's that? Is I was moving again. You're better. Don't move. Don't okay. move. We, I know. We, I'm we, sorry. I'm just uh, so excited. So, where where do I need to start back? Uh, just talk about that. Christian again. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. So, if I'm a fan and I'm going to a live event, I don't know where they are tomorrow, but I want to see Christian Cage come out there and tear up somebody's dead parent, as opposed to seeing MJF. Now, do I want to see both? Yes. But as top acts that I want to see live and in person and boo and or cheer. Um, I, I think Cage is taking the cake right now in AEW, and that's an issue if you're MJF, right? But also, you know, I think the, the world title scene is, is, you know, worse than mid because there has been no world title scene for a long time. And even the last world title match was, I mean, so pre the, the, the buddy fight between MJF and, and Cole, he, did he defend it since Danielson? Or was that Cole match? Because he fought uh, him in a 30-minute draw, right? And then they had their yes. match it all out. Or all in, sorry. Yeah, man, there had to be. Well, he yeah, he wrestled Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. Um, yeah, which, you know, is not going to happen. That's like an exhibition. And who did he work at Double or Nothing? Wasn't that Danielson? No, Danielson was, that was, Revolution? was Revolution. That was Revolution. So, he, so we're missing one title match that he had at uh, – Oh, it was the pillars thing. It was the four pillars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Four way, which, you know, take or leave. I, yeah, I, I at mean, least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, one of those people may not be with the company, and the other one is the the job guy in a okay heel faction. So, right, right. like, <laughs> you know, and Darby <laughs> is, is elevated. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is mid or below mid, right? I mean, it's been the Danielson thing, him beating Moxley you know, in, in reverse order. So you need a really big time situation for MJF to, to elevate it. But yeah, if you're saying the run post Danielson is anything but mid, I think you're just kind of an AW Homer, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Matt's coming back here with another one. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Um, we appreciate you and your contribution. Mox feels like the guy. Danielson could be the guy. Kenny could be the guy. I really don't know how MJF is the choice because he's young. It's silly. I mean, I think him being young is important. Um, just, I don't know. It's a young man's a young man's game. So, I mean, like, I think, you know, he – but more so than his age. I and, and, look, maybe not even right now, but when he put the belt on him, I mean, clearly he had the, you know, the big-time momentum. I mean, momentum that outclassed – anybody else i mean even danielson at the time he i thought i think mjf was far and away kenny omega for sure you know moxley was pretty hot at that time um so i think you could have made the argument of like okay let's put it on let's keep it on mox then but now i don't know that mox is you know 
you know, he's not hotter now than, than he was then. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's more of like, it's more of an indication that like, Hey, <laughs> your top guys need to be doing, <laughs> maybe, maybe need to be doing more. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I would, I would, I don't think that I can sit here and say, Oh, Mox needs to be the world champion instead of MJF or Danielson does instead of MJF or Kenny does at this point. Like, I think all of them have different, different issues that, you know, and MJF has his issues too, but to me, he still feels like the biggest star that the show has week to week, but it's fading though, but it, it is fading. Yeah. And there's a fine line between like booking like AEW is booking the world title versus like how New Japan books the world title at least right. the last right. like seven years where there's like five guys who can win the world title. So your G1, your mate, your Dominions, your, uh, your, you know, uh, oh my God, Wrestle Kingdom. What's it called? Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Wrestle Dreams throwing me off there. So that's my <laughs> out on that. But yeah, I mean, you know, you got a handful of guys and everyone else, it's hard to break through that ceiling. Um, and I like that AW is not in that way. Like I could totally believe that a swerve could go on a run a Ricky Starks to go on a run as a heel and get that title. You know, Adam Cole's never been champion. It seems like it's on the table. Jay White seems like he's going to be a champion. Will Ostrey who comes in is almost certainly going to be a champion, um, a world champion. All right. Not, not one of the many mid belts, literally yeah. the, the middle tier belts, but um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a positive in the booking. And it's not like a bad thing to have Moxley be a champion multiple times or Kenny or whatever, but, um, and I'm not, I, that's not Matt's point, but, you know, I, I kind of, you know, running with MJF when they did felt like the right call at the time. And I always thought before we knew about all in, it felt like all out was going to be the time that someone would take it off of him. Cause that's a normal run. I thought it would be a Adam Cole who came back healthy and they've pivoted that story. Right. So maybe it's, yeah, you really get this baby face run because Cole, you know, cheats MJF out of it. And then you can really say that like MJF only ever, you know, won legitimately once that world title. And you can base that whole character on that. You could even do a whole, like, you know, Seth Rollins going from heel to baby face from that first run to the second run where you could do like a whole hero's journey. And you could do like the story, the odyssey, not exactly. Right. You're not going to have MJF going the sirens Island. Hopefully let's not give <laughs> oh, him man. any ideas. Don't here. give him any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can go on that whole journey of like, Hey, I was, a bad guy for real. And I will say that out loud and do a whole run for a year before he gets back to the top of the mountain after like fighting all his demons, fighting everybody individually and fused and all that sort of stuff. Right. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But I think AEW has lent itself to tell that story potentially. Um, and it's not, I kind of went, went way off the subject there, but well, yeah. I think you hit on something. I mean, like, and, and Matt jumping in here too, with it saying MJF as a heel is interesting, but no baby face, was chasing him or is chasing him the tweener thing isn't doing it literally the world titles in the friend zone that good verbiage good word here's like so you're on to something both you guys like the mjf is a baby face you know i almost think that like you do you know the the the, the logical progression would have been like cole turns on mjf at all in Mm-hmm. beats him for the title and now mjf's on the chase i mean and you didn't and you have him chase as a babyface for like a year or like six months you know and mm-hmm. build that up 
but like you know they sacrificed that like they still have that momentum like in a can waiting to open up at any at any time but it gets like stale and more stale and more stale as it sits on a shelf like like you eventually you got to go with it or else it's just not going to be good anymore and people people aren't going to care and i don't think that they're quite there yet but man like um it has to be like that title's got to be more central to what to what mm-hmm. he's what he's doing out there and it's so it's a background piece to the to the damn roh tag titles like yeah come on what are we doing here yeah. what are we doing here yeah all right Agreed. um matt thank you uh, we really appreciate it. Great conversation. Awesome conversation going on in the chat too. Uh, Sean is in there. Um, Adam is in there. Brandon is in there. Uh, the other Matthew is in there. Zach Barber's in there. So uh, a lot, a lot going on in the chat. Uh, so thank you everybody who's, who's joined in and who's here. Um, Super chats are open. Uh, so you guys can get your comments in your questions. in. we're going to pivot now and preview uh, WWE Fastlane, which is this Saturday night, another Saturday pay-per-view um, from Indianapolis. Uh, Tyler, l- l- let's kick off the conversation here with, uh, with, a, with a super chat from Zach Barber. who says, this Fastlane card is weak, even by WWE B-Show standards. It's not quite in your house three bad because the matches will be good, but it just lacks oomph. I agree with this, like, on the surface. Like, I think it's, it, I mean, it's a B-Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a show that has John Cena on it, for a show that has, you know, Cody Rhodes on it, you know, Seth in like a grudge match, it does feel like they're kind of limping into this a little bit. And I think, you know, they kind of have sacrificed some momentum of some guys in order, in order to get there. I'll dive in deeper on that as we go match by match here, but mm-hmm. do you agree with this? Does it lack oomph for, are you, you know, higher on it than, than Zach and I seem to be? No, I, I'm about even. I mean, I give it the benefit of the doubt um, of, the past two AEW shows, right, of All Out and of Wrestle Dream, right? Like a lot of multi-man, a lot of tag matches, not a lot of feuds culminating. Um, and but you know the matches are going to be good. It's probably a good hang while you're watching it live. And that's how I feel about this, right? Like I would happily go buy a ticket and see this in person. I think it'd be a fun show to go to. So I thought about Wrestle Dream. I'm happy to watch it on Peacock. I'm gonna have a good time. I don't pay fifty bucks, so that's a plus. So yeah, right. in that comparison, I'm 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 pro it. But yeah, I mean it feels like a you know, I know they're PLEs now, but it feels definitely like a somewhere in between like a really good smackdown. It's above a really good smackdown, it's below uh what I consider to be like a pay per view quality build and, and amount of matches and all that sort of stuff. So but the last couple have felt like that, right? Like, what was this is fast lane? What was the one? Payback? Pay, is that payback. One? payback yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed that show. Felt similar to me. I mean, the, the real thing here is like the um, the women's title match. I don't have it in front of me, right? It's it's Rhea and Asuka and Charlotte, or is, it, or is it Bianca and Rhea and Charlotte? Or, yeah, Bianca and Asuka and Charlotte. Well, no, no. It's so it's EO, Asuka, and Charlotte. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's almost a direct rehash of the, the SummerSlam match. I mean, it's not, but like you can't have Oscar or Charlotte take on somebody individually on a, on a pay-per-view. You got to do the triple threat with those two women again with your, with your current champion. So, you know, just stuff like that is like 
kind of gives that feel for that. You know, putting Cena in there is is fine, but um, you know, where's that going? Are we going to have Cena through WrestleMania? Probably not, right? I mean, the SAG um, SAG is still on strike, but I doubt it's going to be on strike through April. Time's up, John. Time's up. Yeah. So you know, it's just like that. I mean, I'll enjoy watching it. I don't pay fifty bucks. That's kind of where I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I think there's some really good stuff on the show to talk about, you know. And there's also mm-hmm. some stuff where I'm like, huh, you know. I, I, I'm not sure. Sean here, jumping in. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you. Um, I'm excited for the fast lane card. Lots of good stories being told in the Cena LA Night pairing is cool. Uh, Shinsuke uh, and Seth. The build to that has been awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I. I think you're spot on and this slides in perfectly to what I was saying. And I agree, Sean, is that there is some, some good on here. Um, and, and these two are, are very good examples of, of, of that good. It's just the, some things around it that I think are kind of like limping across, uh, across, uh, across the finish line. Thank you for the contribution, Matt. Fast lane name still sucks. <laughs> I'm hyped for LA nights. Yeah. Hoping he gets a mega push. Also, WWE still missed with not having Cody win at Mania. Six months later, it's clear this was the wrong choice. Yeah, so the fast – I'm not as bothered with the name stuff. Fast lane, payback. I mean, is Backlash really a good name? Is WrestleMania even like a really good name? If that came out <laughs> right now, would we would we, would we say that that name sucks? Probably. Yeah, Colossal um, Tussle, right? That was the secondary name for WrestleMania. Yes, right. That right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't it. Um, hmm. LA Knight, though, and let's we'll start the preview of the match by match here here with with the with this. Um, LA Knight has a big opportunity here on mm-hmm. on, on this show. I mean, this is his highest profile match and presentation in his whole career, certainly with, with WWE, he's going to team with John Cena. He's taken on Jimmy Uso. He's taken on solo Sokoa uh, and solo Sokoa tag team match. I think this is probably going to be your main event. Um, mm-hmm. Even though Seth, is not, Seth's not going to like that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that this is the main event. And I look, I always, I always just get a little nervous when John Cena is involved. Like, even on SmackDown this past week when he's holding up the contract and he's like, oh, like, you can't believe it. It's like, John, turn it down. Like, like, like five yeah. notches, man. Like, come on, like be cool. Like, can you just be cool, for, you know, for once? Um, and so I, I'm, I'm nervous for LA Knight because it is his biggest moment of his career. He's going to be in the main event. He's got all the momentum in the world behind him. And, you know, I feel like John Cena is going to have to go against all of his natural instincts in order to get the absolute most out of that. LA Knight's on a roll. This is the right spot for him and he's the right partner. And Cena has name value. And you know that if you're positioned with him on a team, like you clearly matter to the company. Um, I think they win this match. I think they win this match handily and cleanly and the crowd goes wild and, you know, the two of them celebrate to end the show, but this has to stay serious. It has to stay main event. It's got to stay, you know, keep LA night really credible. I don't know that John Cena can do that. I hope he can, because I think if he can, LA night could really get a nice, uh, a nice rub here, but I I'm taking LA night and Cena for sure. It's just a matter of 
you know, what's what's the perception of them coming out? Yeah, Matt, a lot there. It. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, Matt. Uh, a lot there. First of all, I also agree it's the main event. It's John Cena, right? And if it's I'm John Cena, yeah. If I'm Paul Levesque talking to, to Seth Rollins, like, hey, when you what Seth is 37 38 something like that right mm-hmm. like yep. when you're 40 when you're 42 and you stop doing it full time or whatever it's going to be and you come back and you're main eventing shows out of nowhere like this is just the way we operate so you'll be main eventing shows that you shouldn't be that when there's going to be guys working better matches than you lower right that's just how it goes so that's what i would tell him um but yeah the, with, with this match the thing i'm looking for if there is one, and there should only be one in any match, in my opinion, I, I would love your opinion on this as a more of an old school guy. Like there should be one hot tag for a for a babyface group, not multiple hot tags. I kind of hate the trend of doing two hot tags within a match. Um, that's kind of the FTR special. But um, who yeah. gets that hot tag? Because it should be LA Knight. I think that's like the crux of the entire thing. Would Cena? That's like you know, not the same. That's kind of like laying down. And, eating three seconds for a guy is is getting beat up and then getting the hot tag for the crowd to cheer for this guy. That's what it should be, right? Cena should get beat up for six minutes straight. LA Knight comes in and then they team up and win the match together. If that doesn't happen, which I, I don't know, I'd probably put 50, 50 on the odds of who gets the hot tag <laughs> match or, or it's a, a double one, but like that's a huge deal. And that's like more important than even who wins this match. In my opinion, on the trajectory, how, you know, LA Knight is standoffish, right? Is, is kind of the word on the street. Cena's kind of a weird cat as well. Like, can they coexist? That's like a big political hurdle for LA Knight. All the weird minutia that like should matter, but does completely. Like that's that one tag and that one layout of the part of the match I'm looking for intently. So yeah. it's like everyone out there just look for it. Cause I think it's super important. But yes, I agree. They win. Um, you know, even if Cena gets the pin, I, I would do that sort of like, you know, smoke-filled backroom political bargaining if I'm LA Knight to get the big moment, you know, get the tag. Everyone goes, yeah. Everyone in Indianapolis is going, yeah. And then you get the, you know, you can do the seven moves to doom between the two of them <laughs> in the match. Cena can do the five-knuckle shuffle, get the pin, you know, all that. That's but a, yeah, I certainly think That's Cena a low blow LA. burn on, a, on LA Knight there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, their forces combined. Yeah. They kind of have, have a similar. They, they have, have ten a, moves. Uh, <laughs> know what they're gonna do right so that's not no one would uh accuse them of being uh you know uh you know i don't know aj styles in, in the variety so man i don't know that i can probably should just turn the mic off because that is very, perfectly said and i agree 100 percent. like it had i mean look john cena's there like to get some eyes of course Big star, yes, but you don't put LA Knight in this match to like serve John Cena. Like you, you, it's the other way around. And so I, I am confident that I'm like strangely confident that this is going to go the right way. I don't know that that Cena's tone will be fine, you know, throughout, and I don't know if he's going to be able to sell a six minute beatdown seriously, you know, or anything like that. Like I think he's just there's been issues there. But I think from a building block perspective, I think that they will recognize that, yes, one hot tag, it's to L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight cleans house and you just and you go from there. Um, uh, Some people in the chat are talking about who eats the pin here, Tyler. Jimmy. I I, Jimmy makes sense to me. Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns is going to come back 
the following Friday. Uh, he's being advertised for SmackDown on the 13th, the first SmackDown after this after this pay-per-view. Um, and I think what we've seen bloodline-wise play out is like Jimmy in particular, and Solo to an extent too, but Jimmy for sure, walk around too big for his britches, you know, and, and Heyman knows it and Solo kind of knows it, but can back it up better than, than Jimmy can. So to me, you know, outside of the fact that you're protecting Solo Sokoa anyway, like storyline wise, like I think Jimmy needs to take the pin here to continue that on. And, and then you have the big showdown between them and, and, uh, and, and Roman and Roman Reigns, like on the following, mm-hmm. on the following SmackDown. So I, I think Jimmy's going to, going to eat it here. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, if LA Knight is the one to pin him too, then you can set up an LA Knight Roman match at some point if you want to do that. You know, I don't know if that's the greatest course of action before the Cody situation happens, but yeah, I mean, oh, Jimmy's also been unreliable from the Roman perspective, right? Yep. I mean, he came, he's been ebbing back and forth, losing here, definitely sets up, you know, I guess a one-on-one match between Roman and Jimmy. Um, you know, is that at Survivor Series? Is that on a SmackDown episode? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. They're probably not trying to pop huge numbers for Fox at this point, if I had to guess. <laughs> right. um, not not super concerned about that. But uh, so, you know, that seems more like a pay-per-view situation for Roman going forward. But uh, yeah, it makes total sense. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Matt jumping in and said, LA Knight simping for Cena's bald spot. Is <laughs> Man, that thing. It's pretty bad. It's bad. I, I Look, we're not the show that's going to beat up people for their for their looks but it's like it's getting to like hogan levels at this point where it's like mm-hmm. john mm-hmm. throw bandana on man throw bandana yeah. on. <laughs> or that they do that i don't know if it would last Thanks, in a athletic match but you know cena's not going to be working a 30 minute classic right in a tag no, match right, they right. do that stuff where like when you're on tv they do like it matches your hair color and you put it in your hair so it like matches um, so like if you get an overtop shot that it looks like you're not folding, like yes. it's too late now, cats out of the bag, right? It's going to be like LeBron James, right? Like all of a sudden he's got a hairline and then, you know, he didn't have it, you know, at the start of the season, he's got a hairline and it slowly deteriorates and he's got the offseason <laughs> yeah. to get plugged, put back in. As a huge, I got a Cavs shirt on, so you know, you know where I stand on LeBron and I'm a, he got me a title, but it's the fact. Yeah, right? he got you Even a title. Cena. Come on. Sure. Same thing with Cena, right? I love the guys. They're legends. Not the hair. Not. Nobody's got everything, and that's kind of a good thing, right? It's kind of a humanizing factor. Obviously, it he needs the hair for, for, for movies, and no movie star ever. You're never going to see the top of any movie star's head for a good reason, or like a Tom Cruise standing next to anybody that's you know tall, what have you. But anyway, I'm derailing here. Very funny <laughs> comment. Appreciate it, Matt. Vince's do-rag. Maybe. Yep, I can't believe he wore a do-rag, but hey. Thank you. Well, he, he did worse for uh, for race relations. Also. Oh, yes. Obviously. I mean, way. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't have a podcast then because we'd be lighting him up for that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's keep going with the card here, guys. Uh, we have Super Chats to get to. We'll make sure to, to hit those, no doubt. Um, let's talk about the Women's Championship match. We got a comment from Sean here that I want to uh, get to. WWE Women's Championship, EO Sky defending against Asuka. And Charlotte Flair, triple threat match. Bianca Belair uh, not involved. Um, what do you think? Yeah, well, I messed it up. So this, this tells me the, uh, the amount of hype it's I have. how significant it is to you. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. You know, EO won. That was a big moment. But, I mean, I would say 
she's on an MJF level for her run, right? That's not even her fault. There's just like not a ton going on. I'd say mid on that front. And to kind of run a, a match back, like I said, is not an ideal picture, like for what's going on. Shows the absolute, you know, no depth of the women's roster that you got to kind of recycle the same two or three opponents for certain types of champions. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Io's going to win because she's a newer champion. So that takes a lot out of it as well, I think. But I guess that's kind of the idea of the triple threat is that she could lose without being involved. But I don't see that happening. So this, yeah, I, this is one of the points on the card that I'm just really down on. It's like, mm -hmm. and what I don't like is that you, 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 so you have your guy win the money in the bank briefcase. She cashes in at SummerSlam, wins the title, and then does really nothing of note with it since then. And it's like, you know, if you want to go with her and you thought high enough to go with her to give her the money in the bank, and then you thought high enough to go with her to give her um, the world title, and she has a ready-made big-time feud with Bailey sitting right next to you that you can just pull the trigger on, um, and they didn't do any of that. And instead, you know, she's faded right into the background. She's in the shadow of Charlotte Flair. You know, Asuka, I think even, you know, Asuka's really – is very charismatic and she has a lot of energy and she performs, you know, really well in that environment. And I think even that has overshadowed EO sky a, a little bit as, as champion. So not only does this feel really like thrown together for me, it's also just like, just don't put the belt on her. Like if you're not going to go with her and you're not going to do anything with her and you're not going to treat her as the champion and, and give her something to, to, to do like just go a different direction or hold off until you are ready. Um, Sean has it here perfectly. For me, Bailey's losing way too much right now. I agree. Like this, this match, like like the minute Eosky won the the title at SummerSlam, I think it was at SummerSlam. That was the cash in, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. As soon as that happened, it's like Bailey had to be up next, and I'm talking like three month program between the two. Like they were attached at the hip for months and months and months. But mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard to convince an artist, artist, an artist. Uh, what the hell am I trying to say? Audience, convince an audience now that Bailey's worth it because she has taken all those losses and she's just yeah. been kind of like an EO Sky sidekick. And so that's a that's a missed opportunity. And Sean jumps back in. Charlotte's ice cold. She is. So this match, yeah. I think, is a is a mess. Um, and. I think you're right. I think Eosky wins it, but I don't, you know, she's in the exact same spot that she was in, um, you know, five, four months ago. Like she's got the title, but she certainly is not like, you know, the champion outside of, you know, she has the, the picture with her, uh, with the belt on her shoulder. Like it's, she's just, she's mm -hmm. not being treated as anything more than, than she was. And I think that's disappointing and, and silly when you're going to have B level cards like this. Yeah, like a slightly elevated Liv Morgan, right? I mean, she was champion, but she was like always the underdog in every match yeah, where she yes. was the champion, right? So not exactly that, but just a little bit above. But, you know, like uh, um, the the group, oh my God, what is their name? I'm like, it's it's late for me here. The the yeah. EO group. Damage, damage Control. Not damage Control. Yeah, Damage yeah, Control. Damage. Okay, what, yeah. what's the group in AEW called? The Misfits? Out, no, Outcast. No, Outcast. Outcast, yeah. I don't know why. The, those are like blended my brain together but anyway like damage control felt like it was a group that was you know not doing much and then you get kind of get a shot in the arm with the winning the title 
And then you got to like immediately pull the trigger and do the turn with Bailey to make her feel yes, important. Yes, not, yes. not do like the, like, cause it's going to happen. And you know, I, do you want to do it for fast lane? Maybe not, but like that could main event in my opinion, if you build it up in the right way, have EO and Bailey, that could be the main event when you have like a tag match that doesn't matter yes. uh, in the spot. So it's just like kind of those decisions of let's bolster this women's division. That was always, you know, a top three thing that you could hang your hat on if you're WWE trying to speak positively about them. Right. And that's gone completely, you know, AW's not any better, but like the women's wrestling scene from a hype and excitement standpoint, you know, probably never, a, never been a better time for a work rate in, in the women's division in, in pro wrestling, but like the stories and the characters and, and the overness of those, of the characters is just like a spot. that hasn't been, really in a long time like not to say yeah. it's not over but it's being overshadowed by lots of the men stuff in both companies and i think that's a huge problem and you could build it up and both companies have shown like if you put effort and time into characters that are over julia hart in AEW and eo and bailey let's say as an example in, in wwe like some fresh stories with new matchups between people like you can get there and it's just like kind of disappointed it's not there so yeah, yeah, agree, agree. All right, cool. <laughs> Matt, you're on, you're on fire today with the one-liners, my friend. Fastlane is a <laughs> breath off a hot turd. It's not that bad. It is not that bad, Matt. <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, thank you, thank you, though. Um, all right, uh, we got Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest against Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. This was finalized last night um, on Raw. There's some good columns up right now about this topic on scscoops.com. Uh, we also have up on scscoops.com right now, a really cool photo gallery of edges uh, return to AW. We talk a lot about that on this show. Uh, really cool photo gallery there for that. Um, a, uh, a, a column on getting you ready for the wrestling week is up. Um, so make sure scscoops.com is part of your day. Um, as a wrestling fan, you will be happy that it is. Um, so this match, I think in some ways was really obvious because the four of them didn't have a match <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the card needs to have matches. Um, but also they've been all tied together for the last few weeks on Sm- on Raw, you know, inter- interfering in each other's matches and helping each other out, et cetera, et cetera. So for that reason, like I'm, I'm fine with this match. Like it's, I think it's going to be a good match. It's a natural match to go to. It's logical. All that stuff checks, checks those boxes. I don't know how I feel about Jey Uso's first pay-per-view on his own, you know, kind of as a singles act on his own brand, away from his brother, away from the bloodline being another tag team match for the tag team titles. Like, it's just like, Oh man, like I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they book it. I have a feeling like this Jay Cody thing is gonna bleed into whatever happens with Cody and Roman at some point. Um, and so if they're using this to set up for that, okay, you know, we can look back on it finally. But right now, Tyler, I'm like, man, I think you've got to solidify Jay as like a singles guy, you know, have him wrestle. You know, even if it's Dominic Mysterio or somebody like that, get him a win on pay-per-view that tells the audience that he's not just a, you know, a tag team guy. And um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 on this. I think there's been a lot of good. It makes sense. But I, I would have done something different with Jay on, on this one. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense on paper, right, with Jay coming over, if you're going to book it, all that sort of stuff. But, like, A, to me, this screams, like, John Cena 2.0 with Cody in the John Cena role, right? And, like, who are you elevating, right? Does Cody need elevated or does Jay need more elevated, right? So, to a lesser extent, like, what is the story there, like we talked about with with Cena and Nelly Knight? Also, the tentacles, storyline-wise, of, hey, we haven't talked about Damian Priest cashing in on Seth. This feels like a great show to do that, right? Give it some newsworthy stuff coming out of it. But do you want him to do that while being tag team champions at the same time? No, probably not. Yeah, no, but no, do you no, want no. Cody? Do you want Cody and Jay being tag team champions for a, a run that's weird? I don't think so either. Yeah, no, so yeah. it's it's so it's like setting yourself up to like you know book yourself in a corner a lot of ways, and. Um, so we'll see what happens. I would think, you know, Finn and, and Priest get the win through Dom and, and Rhea as well coming through. And who knows what happens there. Maybe even Jimmy comes in and does something or solo. They're doing double duty. We'll see. That's kind of intriguing for me. But yeah, it's like this is like probably like in the pros and cons column. I probably have like six cons and five pros. Looks like right there on, on being booked and, you know, just open the show. Seems like a good opener. Yeah. So um, all of that kind of going into it, there's a lot going on here, and I don't know if much is going to happen. It kind of reminds me of MJF and The Righteous. Like, a lot could really happen here, and then you kind of just like, oh, okay, that they did it. They did the thing, and, you know, that could be Cody and Jay being ta- tag team champions. It's like, oh, okay, I guess they're going to be tag team champions for, like, three months. That's cool, I guess. You know, it's one of those things, which doesn't help, I think, either guy. In the well, yeah, and then the the flip side, in the flip side, nothing could happen. You know, and it can yeah. just be just, it's just, and, and nothing goes down. Um, yeah. Cody should be champion, should be WWE champion, says Matt. Uh, Jay's over against Roman, but not over indefinitely. Weird place for him to be. Jay versus Owens would have worked well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like they, they pivoted quickly to Jay Judgment Day. Um, I, I still think that there's tentacles in Jay making good with all the different people that he's wronged on Raw. So I, I think Jay versus Kevin Owens is a possibility at some point. You know, right now, J- Sammy's the buffer, uh, but I think it's definitely a possibility. Should Kobe be world champion? <laughs> we'll debate that until uh, the story's over, I think. You know, I, I think you can make arguments for, you can make arguments against. Um, but his first title absolutely cannot be a tag team title. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. There's no way. Um, yeah. Rather, there's no way. That Gunther. can't happen. Yeah, being Gunther before you do that. Sort yes. Of yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Jay should have done a six-pack challenge with the opponents being everyone he screwed over. <laughs> a gauntlet uh, match. The Jay, the Jay Uso let's make good gauntlet match. <laughs> Are you secretly a booker for WWE that when we just did Yeah, maybe. That? It seems like an elimination chamber is the way, best way to tell that story. <laughs> yes. if you're, uh, yes. So we'll see. Maybe that'll happen on the road to WrestleMania for Jay. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Matt, thank you. Okay, we got a throwaway match, kind of, to talk about here. LWO against Bobby yeah. Lashley and the Street Profits. Um, this came from the angle to, to close out SmackDown. Or not close out SmackDown, but on SmackDown. Um, I liked the angle because finally I think you have the Bobby Lashley – Street Profits group defined as heels here, which I think mm-hmm. it was always this weird thing that they got together and were very ill def- undefined. This defines them. They're against LWO. 
not much to, to break down other than that, but I'm putting Lashley and Street Profits over strong here. I mean, they need they need it. They need a win. They just came together. They just formed. If you want them to be anything, they need momentum and they need juice. And uh, I think Rey Mysterio is pretty Teflon with that kind of thing. So, yeah, they're the perfect pair for them, or perfect trio for them to work against. But this is Lashley and uh, this is Lashley and uh, 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 Street Profits all the way. Yep, I agree. And uh, you know, you can also continue the Escobar and, and Ray thing in a loss right. there. So I think right. uh, I thought you know maybe not that they've should have pulled the trigger, but they certainly could have pulled the trigger. I mean, that was like, like, you know, the, that at uh, Backlash, that was even a big part of the story on, on the video package. So, like, you know, and those video packages are key to what they want you to know. You know, there's lots of stories they leave out when you show right. those, but when you show some, just, you know, some a breakdown between two people that are allies, you think something might happen. So, makes total sense. And yeah, I think the Lashley and Street Profits group can be a big deal within WWE. Um, you know, Lashley already has been in groups that have been huge and over, and the Street Profits have been an over tag team. So it feels like on paper this could be a pretty sizable thing. You know, you have Bloodline, Judgment Day, and you could do this new group now with Lashley and Street Profits, maybe add somebody, and you could feel like, you know, three pretty good factions formed in WWE since the pandemic. So I think that would be a pretty positive sign. Well said. Well said. All right. Then last but not least, we've got the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I I don't know. I, like, they've gotten more out of this than I think they had any right to, <laughs> to be completely frank. Mm-hmm. Nakamura was like, you know, a, 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 a mid-card babyface before he turned heel for this program. And, you know, they've made it interesting. I think that they've done a lot right. I think, you know, not forcing Nakamura to cut promos in English and using the vignettes as a way to tell his part of the story is was huge. I, I think you get so much more out of Nakamura in that environment. And I think they have. I think it's a big reason. It's a big reason why the, the, the feud has worked okay. Um, the 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 reason for this match kind of weird to me. Like Cody wants, he won the match before he won the first match. Like, I guess he like Nakamura walked out and he doesn't want him to not walk out, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Uh, can this be a SummerSlam? Like, could this be a SummerSlam main event title match? Definitely not. Um, is it even like a crown jewel, like title match? I would say no, you know, but on this show with some other things going on and it's already B level, I think this works. I think last man standing isn't, you know, it's a, it's a reasonable way to end a feud. Um, so, so that plays. Um, so yeah, I think it's been fine, man. Like I, I didn't have very many expectations for this. They weren't very high. So everything they did has been higher I've been higher on than like I thought I would be. Um, but that's not to say that it's great stuff either. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, if it didn't have a gimmick, I think it could be like super questionable, like malpractice on booking decisions, right? So I'm glad that is yeah, in there, yeah, which, yeah, which yep. helps give it give it the juice to be like, okay, it's the end of it, right? Because if it's not, then it's like, oh my God, we're going to do this three times and Nakamura's going to lose all three times. So you're saying, vignette-wise, you're saying it to do the subtitles and have a nice presentation is, is better than having Google Translate for your promos? I uh, think so. I think that's better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it's better. It's funny, like, 
Yeah, like seeing the Shibata video for him in Kingston, right? Like to see then on Monday the comparison. And he's holding like, wow. up a dang phone. I like, know, I know. Be like, all right, someone got that. Like, all right, this is fine. Okay, great. This is great. So yeah, uh, anyway, but yeah, yeah. Go at ahead. least take that audio and then have him say like, okay, you say it in Japanese again. And they just put the subtitles over. And to the anyway. subtitle. Yes, yes. Yeah, right. it's so yeah. crazy. Anyway, but um, yeah, I agree and you know, I think again how the tag match goes. I think this could be really juicy if you have Rollins work a devastating match that he finally wins, and maybe Priest comes out and teases it, but Rollins gets out of there. Like, I think doing that one, at least one more time, is is interesting thing to do. Where Priest kind of looks like a, a a bozo again for trying to use that, and then he's like, you know, he yeah, he's he's pretty gift worthy when he's like really disappointed, like when he, you know, when the the case gets used on one of his teammates and he's like, Oh man, I can't do anything. Right. You know, that, that face, I think having one more moment like that would be, would be pretty exciting. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so I think Seth wins this one. I mean, yeah, I, and I don't I even do. know that it's, I mean, I am, I've been, I've been predicting and calling that. I think, you know, I don't think Damien is going to be uh, successful in the cash in. Like, I think you're going to see, yeah. You're gonna see uh what's his name, JD McDonough, like ruin ruin mm-hmm. that for it. Yeah. Um, and so you could do that tonight too. Either they can win the title yes. or he can go and cash in. So right. Yeah, you can you could totally do it. Um and then you pull the trigger, you pull the trigger on that angle, and that takes you, you know, I think that that can take you far. I mean, you priest can work with yeah. JD, he can work with Dominic, he yeah. can work with Finn. I mean, that can take you a long way. Um yeah. but ultimately I think Seth wins this. Um and I think you should. You know, and I think you should. Did you read any of the um, <laughs> any of the breadcrumbs that people thought uh, uh, Michael Cole left behind him uh, uh, during the Seth promo last night? As far as oh, CM Punk's definitely coming to WWE. Oh uh, no, I mean, yeah, they got the whole thing with what Houseman and 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 Seth, right? Where he's like a cancer, and he's in full character and everything. Don't come, Phil. Well, there's the, well, there's that, but yeah. then like apparently, like Michael Cole, like used like called Seth like the architect, a manipulator, uh, all this other stuff in his promo. And apparently, I haven't watched it back yet, and I haven't even really searched the videos out. But apparently, yeah, that is from Pipe Punk's like big ROH pipe bomb promo, same type hmm. of verbiage. So, wonder if you were buying or selling that at this point. Hey, I mean, you know, there's that one line too where where Punk was at the what's what's the MMA company he does commentary for? It's like uh, some, you Cage know. Cage Fury or something. Something where he does Cage like commentary when he's available, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh yeah, he's like, I'm free for two months, which puts it it would like put it perfectly at you know Survivor Series at the United Center. Right. Um. So. That'll be I interesting. I mean, Punk Seth, that's a big match. I mean, that's a big time. I mean, I don't think it made oh, yeah. it WrestleMania. Sorry, Punk. Sorry, Seth. But uh yeah. it's big. But also, like, it could main event night one. Yeah, true. True, true. Yeah. So and it could be like I would hold it for that. I mean, not that you want to do that with Seth every time, right? <laughs> Cody was in that spot before, but um, <laughs> you know. When Seth said those comments in the interview with Houseman, like it makes sense, like if those two guys are working for something at that point, like you know, CM Punk had already decided, like I'm done with AEW because he had the entire time back had big time. I am done with this effing place energy, he and did. obviously culminated. So like, I get to see like him already working an angle for WWE, 
with with Seth. And Seth is a guy who would play ball. You know, they're both essentially Chicago land people. I'm sure people from Iowa love to tell you that they're, you know, oh, I'm from Chicago originally. I moved to Iowa, right? So that's the same vibe, right? So I think there's a lot of agreement between those two guys that uh, it surprised me when Rollins made that statement. Um, Outside of being a company guy, which he is the most company guy, it was strange. So, yeah, I mean, maybe. We'll see. We will see. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see, like, yeah, where Seth goes from here. I mean, because, you know, it's kind of not a lot there. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially if Cody's not going to go after that title. There's really not not a ton there. Uh, but, you know, there's there's some things in the works, too. You know, they got Damian mm-hmm. there. They've got Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. who's been a yeah, big true. part of Raw. For sure. Uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see where things go. But that's a that's fast lane. Um, we have you covered, guys, on scscoops.com all week long and in the lead up. All the news you'll need. We'll have preview columns, we'll have prediction columns, and then we'll have all your coverage on Saturday night. Yes. I I, yes, I you. make sure you yeah, make sure you got Matt two super chats yes. in. I don't know if you covered those before we go. I just want to make sure before to get Matt. No, no, I, I definitely got him flagged. Got okay, flagged. Cool. We're not gonna forget okay. about it. Yeah. Edit it out. Mark for edit. Um, But yes, so it's going to be a busy weekend and we do have you covered at scscoops.com. So um, two, uh, there's actually three more that I want to get to Matt here. First of all, you've named the Jey Uso match. I absolutely love this. The ghost of Jey Uso's past match. Perfect for Halloween. (laughs) Give me the book, Paul. Give me the book. (laughs) Hey, maybe, maybe they can take, uh, maybe they can borrow Jeff Hardy and uh, Jeff Jarrett. For one one night only and do one a read match of the of the leather face match. Please no, please no. Uh, <laughs> and then also saying here, I'm not a Cody Homer, but it was the perfect storytelling, i.e. WrestleMania, and everything else since hasn't been close. No defense for that booking, in my opinion. You know, I was in the building for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and humble, humble that player. was my immediate reaction. My immediate <laughs> reaction on that night sitting in that crowd was you've got to be kidding me here. Like, are you serious? Like you really didn't do that. And that lingered for a while. (laughs) It really did. And, but the, but the more that I look back on it, Tyler, like I'm, I'm more open to the idea of, okay, you can, you may be able to look back on that and go, no, it was, it was a, perfect it was a perfect thing perfect booking i also think you could look back on it and go yeah they really like crap the bed on that one you know and it all depends on on how hot cody can stay between now mm-hmm. and and wrestlemania and how over he can stay with the crowd like i think coming out of wrestlemania he had some really good stuff to do i mean i think the three block brock lesnar matches were excellent the dominic thing mm-hmm. awesome um, since SummerSlam, though, it's been slim pickings as far as his stuff goes. And he hasn't suffered from that in terms of like being over and being um, popular. But I'd like to see him have something to do. But I mean, I think whether or not it was a good decision at 39 to not put him over is totally hinges on can Cody make it to WrestleMania 40 and will The Rock not be there? Like, yeah. to me, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I mean, in, in hindsight, you know, I think if you're Cody-centric from this angle, 
the best thing would be for him to lose at WrestleMania um, 39 and then do that big run with Lesnar and then have him and Roman be the headliner of SummerSlam. Cody wins there. But let's say, I don't know, for some reason, uh, Bloodline was banned from ringside. This changes everything, right? So this is just a Cody-centric view. But like, let's say he beat Roman one-on-one, but then at WrestleMania, the Bloodline try and take, you know, they all team up against him and he overcomes those odds. So, you know, you have a big rematch at WrestleMania. Cody did not beat him at the previous WrestleMania, but he's already champion and he overcomes all the Bloodline at WrestleMania. Something like that, right? Would be the ideal Cody story if you're Cody Rhodes. Yes. But, you know, I think... For the rest, you know, you've made Jay a upper mid mid card guy out of this for not for that decision at WrestleMania. That alone is probably worth it because now you have two guys potentially in Cody and Jay at least mm-hmm. that have absorbed a lot of the Roman energy. So you know, you can have a guy per show ideally. So you know, see how it goes. I think Cody has, and also the the thing with Cody winning at WrestleMania that I think is underestimated is him coming in winning at WrestleMania. Um, and then you do the whole thing. He wins at the Rumble because he's hurt, right? So he basically doesn't lose any match, and he's definitely the anointed one 2.0. I think people turn on him a lot more quickly if he's in that spot. Like, he's lost matches now. He's he's kind of crumbled physically with the injury and then lost and built himself back up and climbed that mountain and is a more likable character because of that. So, you know, I, I would hope he would agree with that because him coming in, beating Seth three times, coming back, winning the Rumble, and then beating Roman. And then, like, what do you do after that, too, like, as a character? Like, that's like hitting – you doing a cheat code in a game where you start and you are maxed out at all stats. And, like, why are you even playing the game? You're just obliterating everything. It's, like, not even exciting. So, I think it's, it's like better Mario when you just term. run on the top to the, the yeah. old Mario yeah, game. Yeah, but if you, if you did that all the way and then just landed on Bowser and that was the end of the game, right? So, that's kind of how it feels. And I think it's going to be beneficial for that Cody character in the long run to have lost that match. But I also loved it in the moment, and I love it still. Like, if they did it again, the contrarian Tyler would be like, this is crazy. I don't know why they did it, but I'm very intrigued by why they decided to screw over Cody twice. So, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I also think that there was a lot of, you know, on that night, there was a lot of other things going on, like, they yeah. had just agreed to sell the, the merger. Like yeah. They, yeah. They, they had just, you know, so, and Roman's the, the golden goose. I mean, he's the face of the company. So mm-hmm. I think you have to factor that in at least a little bit, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, in terms of that. Uh, last thing from Matt is my favorite wrestling DVD is vengeance with Batista versus triple H. Why? Cause I love the five minute vignette of triple H and Batista's story for from evolution to hell in a cell. What's my point? Stories make matches. It's a good thing to end up. And it's a good comment. And I, of course, agree. You know, I I always say, I, I'm not going to turn off a good wrestling match. Certainly not. Um, but what really makes me drop everything is, am I invested in what the match means? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and the content around it and the context around it. And, um, you know, I think at times both companies miss that. You know, and at times, I think WWE hits it more often than AEW does. But in the past, when AEW has hit it, it's been really good. Uh, and so I think that tells everybody involved, like, this stuff matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think sometimes it's easy to forget that when you want to, when you want to go out there and have, and see like, Oh, this is awesome chance. And we love wrestling chance and fight forever. It's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But like, you know, I think it's easy to forget like what really, if you look back at matches like steamboat and dragon and, and the Austin rock matches and it's just other stuff like that. You know, they all, even ring of honor, like in the early two thousands, there was storytelling there. It wasn't just trot out some guys and have them go, you know, the punk Joe stuff. There was a story behind that. Um, and I think it's easy to forget that sometimes. So the, I definitely am in on that, on that argument. Go ahead, Tyler. Agreed. You know, I love a good analogy. I'm going to analogize wrestling as two action movies, right? I think they're close in comparison, right? Like no one would claim wrestling is Shakespearean in quality or whatever and it's not going to win a pulitzer for writing for for wrestling but right you know i think a lot of the time aw is very like john wick like where even if you haven't seen it you kind of get the vibe of john wick like awesome action the main character speaks like 30 30 words in the whole movie right and yep. it's like a good time but like you kind of forget what happened and you could like like i was on a plane when i was over in england i'd never seen any of them and i watched the fourth one i was like totally get what's going on Yep. No reason to watch the the first three. Fun time. I'll see the fifth one when it comes out. Yep. And then, you know, I think good story. I'm not just saying WWE, but good stories. Like you're looking at like the superpowers and Austin and Rock and, you know, DX going to WCW and invading, all that sort of stuff, right? Like uh, quality of, of match types, the bloodline story. But that's more like terminator to terminator 2 right like that character's got an arc i know it's a different robot so let's not go crazy on the comments but um <laughs> but uh like, you're gonna get just you know, beat up on social media by the terminator I, yeah, I know it's a different robot john connor from the future program one of the t1000 or t100 to do it so i know all the lore of, of terminator good 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 that's a that's a, a heel to face turn for that character and in that whole movie there's good action it's a it's a four star match of action in that movie, but the robot, you know, spoiler alert. Um, what happens at the end is very emotional in T two, you know, just got to do that to you, and uh, and we're good to go. So, but like that's kind of like the good version of pro wrestling, right? The mix of action you care about, and you have emotion when something happens to them when they decide to sacrifice or not sacrifice, whatever, right? And and John Wick is like, hey, cool, these guys are shooting millions of people in the head this is fine this is a tope suicida action fest and i love it but it's just it's missing something right it's not an all-time great it's an all-time good sort of thing so that that was epic i think you need to write a column yeah. about that yeah, I know. terminator well, it's, it's, to wrestling yeah oh i could do that all day so when i, I love down. it terminator to wrestling I, it's a great idea yeah um yeah, the brass CD ring substack Yes, yes. CD jumping in. Favorite Triple H sledgehammer moment. I'm going to go first because you're writing. My, yep, good. like, hands down, favorite Triple H sledgehammer moment. This didn't even take me long to think about. WrestleMania 28. That's it. That match. The sledgehammer, the psychology of the sledgehammer in that Hell in a Cell match. Triple H Undertaker. I, beautiful. Beautifully violent. And I probably I'm probably gonna go back and watch it like today or tomorrow because like, yeah, I mean, they use that thing perfectly in that match. Yeah, end of an era. End, end of, of an era match. match. Yep. yep, they both wrestled for like six years after that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I was a pretty big Elapsed fan during a lot of the peak Triple H, so I think that's a good answer. Also, there was like, I think it was like the first ever pay-per-view in, in Columbus was, it was Hell in a Cell, or at least it was a Hell in a Cell match between Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, so yeah. whatever that, it's like 2004-ish, 2005. Um, so that I saw live, and that was a big moment because I was out of watching wrestling, and I went for that show only. I did not watch after that point, but I remember being very impressed by the by the match itself, and there was a sledgehammer spot in there. But I think yours as a fan is an important moment. Yes, I think 28. For me, but again, I'm pretty lapsed okay. in that whole whole era of wrestling. So. I think I'd also throw out Armageddon 1999, which I think might be the first place the sledgehammer came out. Like during the, it's where Stephanie turns on Vince and hands mm-hmm. the you know the, the sledgehammer to Triple H, and that's a that's a pretty epic sledgehammer moment too. Mm-hmm. Thanks, CD. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for your contribution. All right. There you go, guys. Uh, thank you to everybody who participated in the show. Thank you for everybody who listened and who watched. Uh, once again, if uh, you aren't able to catch this live on a weekly basis, um, you can download us on your favorite podcast feeds. We are there Wednesday morning. But we are here every Tuesday night um, at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here uh, on SE Scoops, uh, the SE Scoops YouTube channel with the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um all week long, as I had mentioned, we have you covered. Tomorrow's Dynamite, we'll have you covered for Impact, we'll have you covered for SmackDown, Collision, and then, of course, uh, the big WWE pay-per-view, Fastlane. We get you covered at scscoops.com with features and news all day long, every single day. Um, bookmark us. Make sure you're going to that site. You'll be happy that you did. You can catch more of myself and Tyler um, over at Brass Ring Media. It's our own little shop. Uh, for $4, you can get all of our content on a week-to-week basis, including access to our, our, our wrestling media discord group. Um, really fun back and forth with a, with a great group of wrestling fans. And uh, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you give us a shot. Four bucks gets you um, all of our podcasts, especially pay-per-view roundtables, um, our written work um, on Substack, and all sorts of other fun stuff throughout uh, throughout the week, including the Tyler Terminator column, which is going to be awesome. Uh, I, I wrote down a post of that. So, uh, I love it. So like, just to prove it, a uh, Terminator <laughs> column. Sounds like, Terminator like chicken aspect. scratch, man. Well, yeah, I should have been a doctor. So, but, yeah. So. Uh, Patreon.com back, back, backslash Brass Ring Media if you want to uh, give us a shot over there. We'd appreciate it. Uh, but, Tyler, thank you, man. Awesome, uh, you. awesome show. Appreciate it, guys. Tune in next time, same time, same place. We'll be here. Thank you very much. See ya.